0: Shout out if you're uh, visiting today. Thanks for coming. Hope you enjoy the service. As Ruthie said, uh, appreciate you uh, coming. You should get a card or you'll get one after the service with uh, for a free beverage, whether that's a tea, a coffee, a soft drink, or whatever. But uh, it's just a small token of our uh, appreciation. So, uh, hope you enjoy that. So good to see you. It's great seeing people um, step into new roles and responsibilities and uh, showing appreciation for people who help build the church and um the series that we've been looking on is about uh, looking at is around uh better together and about uh, the well today's message is about the power of connection and um you know when you read through the through the bible and particularly the letters of of paul the apostle paul and if you don't know who that is then uh just keep coming. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear some regular names. But um, the Bible written by a whole bunch of different people. And one of them was the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the, the New Testament, actually. Anyway, if you read through his letters and you look at the different themes and the things that really uh, he was passionate about, uh, one of the things that resonates continuously through his letters is the whole idea of, of unity and connectedness. And um, one of the themes is the fact that he says in a number of his letters is that in the, in the sight of Christ or through Jesus Christ, everyone has become equal uh, before God. Not the same, but equal in his sight. And therefore, uh, that we should not categorise people based on worldly definitions or worldly categories, because in, G- in God's sight, everyone is equal um, the purpose of categories and we do this to, to help manage our world but the purpose of categories is to, is to divide is to put things in groups and, uh, and Paul says to a number of the churches that he writes to because this is a natural inclination of us as human beings to categorise just to help us manage but to say don't put people in categories in, in Christ when you receive Christ everyone is equal Everyone is, uh, is in Jesus Christ. I want to look at that a little bit here today. And here's a fact that we read through the Bible. The level of our spiritual health and our effectiveness for God is dependent upon the level of our connectedness. Our spiritual health and our effectiveness for God is correlated or related to our level of connectedness. Our connectedness to God but not just to God, but our connectedness to other people. There's there's clear uh, power, uh, c- clear connection points that allow God's power and God's spirit and God's life to flow through. It's not just by osmosis. There's there's connect points that happen where God's spirit moves, and one of them is our connection to Him and to other people. Um, it was said of Napoleon. Uh, It was said of Napoleon's troops that when they would be marching, you could hear them marching from miles away, kilometres away, because of the power in the march. Um, And yet, uh, it was said that when they would come to a bridge, they would have to break rank and just walk across the bridge and then reform on the other side and start marching again. Because it was said that if they marched in step together across the bridge there would be so much power that the bridge would break. there is power in unity there is much more power in unity and, and marching together or working together or being in of one accord as the that's a biblical word one accord it's not talking about a Honda but it's talking about just being in in one One mindset, one direction, pulling together, there's tremendous power in that. And one of the devil's greatest uh, works is to bring division, to break down the sense of unity and connectedness that takes place. In fact, if you look at the world, ever since the fall of man, which you read about in the book of Genesis, the world is in decay. Through sin and through uh, the fall, everything breaks down. Everything is in decay. And to bring about unity and to bring about uh, connectedness actually takes work. Without work, without focus, without determination, there is a natural orientation for things to divide and break down and decay. I don't know if you've ever seen that video. Did my voice just go up there? Oh, I didn't see that video? <laughs> Teenager again. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen the, the YouTube video where it, uh, there was some show and it showed what would happen to the world if human beings were taken off the planet. Did anyone see that video? It's just amazing. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to look it up. But it just showed how quickly buildings and bridges and roads and everything, without constant maintenance, without constant focus, without constant attention, how quickly everything would break down. And it was saying within I think it was fifty years without constant maintenance I'm not a builder like Ron here but without constant maintenance buildings begin to break down, metal begins to rust, and everything begins to deteriorate and therefore it would be it would be foolish of us to think then the important things in our life whether it be our relationship with God whether it be the relationship the people who are important whether it be the 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 uh, the congregation or the community in which god places us to think that those things will just naturally remain connected healthy and and united without determined focus we would be foolish to think that that would just happen and it's clear within the scriptures and i want to look at that a little bit about how paul when he was writing to the letters of the of these early century first century churches constantly had to deal with them about the importance of unity and it was over various different uh, things. So, disconnection. If you look up that word in the in the dictionary, disconnection actually is of the same root word, disability. Disconnection and disability, and it means the inability to do what you were designed to do. When we disconnect, we find our our ability to um, uh, to achieve at a certain level is broken down. Uh, Galatians. Chapter 2, one of the letters that Paul wrote to the, uh, to the Galatian church, one of the early churches, one of the early uh, non-Jewish uh, groups of people that came to faith in Christ and began to live as Christians in the first century. If you read Galatians chapter 2, it says that Paul, Paul actually confronted another apostle by the name of Peter, who had preached on the day of Pentecost. He was like a big wig. He was a big deal. Uh, back in that day. And Paul says, I confronted Peter in Galatia because he'd given in pressure from some Jewish Christians. Um, and he began to separate himself from the Gentile believers. When these Jewish Christians, hardline religious people weren't there, he was mixing with them, which... In his culture wasn't allowed, they had clear delineation, they had clear separation. You weren't allowed to eat with Gentiles in the Jewish culture, and yet Paul was, uh, Peter was eating with them, he was fellowshipping with them, he was doing life with them. And then these hardline Jews came in and said, What are you doing? You can't do that. And, and Peter began to feel the pressure to, to begin to conform back to the old. Uh, ways back to the old separation lines. He felt the pressure. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be mixing or connecting with those people. And Paul comes in and he goes, No, 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 Peter, you can't do that. So if Peter could fall into this, this a uh, pressure, if you like, to categorize and to separate and to deal with certain people based on on uh, some of these uh, categories that we create then who are we to think that we are not also susceptible to to a type of thinking that limits our ability to affect other people's lives? And he says, and, and Paul writes this in Galatians, to the Galatians, and he says, I said to Peter, all who share in Jesus belong to the same table. And there should be no separation between Jew and Gentile. All are made one through Jesus Christ. Um... And so Paul insists on the unity of the church, and he actually says to them, This is vital to our mission. It's vital to our mission as the church to understand the importance of unity, of working together and not causing separation by uh, different types of categories. So what categories are you talking about? You know, it's clear that for us in the Western world, oftentimes, you, know, you have to look on. Instagram or some of the social media or even in some of the circles you may mix with, it's very easy to to treat people or to define people into categories, whether that be wealth categories, whether that be fame categories, whether that be power or influence. Sometimes it's even looks or or the family that you come from. It's very easy to to begin to uh, categorise people. And say, oh, that's that type of person, or they're from the western suburbs, or they're from the eastern suburbs, or they're from the northern beaches, or and and yes, there's some uh inherent uh cultural things that occur in people's lives, but they should not be defining characteristics. Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> it's true, isn't it? I mean, I'm from the northern beaches, and uh, yeah. I mean, we even accept New Zealanders here. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few New Zealanders around. <laughs> um, uh, but Paul insists, if you read through his letters, that you've got to work hard at breaking down these divisions and not allowing these things to create divides in our mind and our ability to relate to, connect with, influence and, and have relationship with all, all types of, people that's the beauty of the church that in the fellowship of believers that it's not oh there's the there's that socioeconomic group and that socioeconomic economic or, or that gender and this gender you know there are some churches where you know the men sit on one side of the church and the women sit on the other side of the church or or, or whatever and it's that's not the bible breaking down these walls of hostility and and creating one unit of believers that have a vision and a purpose divinely uh, presented by God to work together to see that accomplished. That's what God desires for the church across the world and for each and every individual congregation like us here, working together, united together through age, through uh, gender, through uh, socioeconomic, through ethnic, all these different barriers mean nothing But one vision to fulfil God's purpose. No ethnic divisions, no economic divisions, no educational divisions, no demographic divisions, no gender divisions. And yet we see as we read through the letters of Paul, everywhere Paul went, he faced this battle. Um, In Galatia and Romans, it was the Jews and the Gentiles. It was ethnic divides. Because of their background and, and, you know, in some countries, in some areas, it's a lot harder. I mean, in Australia, we don't have centuries and centuries of hostility with neighbouring um, countries. So you can imagine in maybe some areas of Eastern Europe or whatever, it's a lot harder to come to Christ and then accept people as brother with, with maybe nations that you've battled with for centuries. So, you know, some of these things we may not necessarily understand because of our culture and our background, but for many it means a lot in uh, in our C three Maryland's campus where I speak to a lot. Where there's a lot of um, Middle Eastern, um, a lot of Middle Eastern people, uh, Iranians, Syrians, um, Persians. Uh, for them, this is a lot harder because they've got thousands of years of hostility and uh, and history that makes this very much more difficult to accept. Uh, but we also have divisions they may not be as clear and they may not be as long but we also if we look at it we will, we will, uh, we will box people we'll put people in a box because of their background or their, or their ethnicity or their educational level uh, oh you don't have a tertiary education okay um, I'll talk like this to you then <laughs> or whatever um, so in, in the Galatian church, it was around ethnic, um, it was around ethnic issues with the uh, Corinthians. It was rich and poor. You read the letter of the Corinthians, they would have communion. And in those days, communion wasn't just a cup and a bread. It was, you would bring a meal and you would eat together. But it, you like that idea, <laughs> um, but in the Corinthian church, what was happening, there were some very rich people and there were some very poor people and the rich people would come and they'd, they'd bring the truck and they'd unload the banquet and then there'd be the other people over here with a packet of jacks <laughs> and they would go, oh, no, no, you, you, you keep your jacks over here, we're, we're having our food over here. So, and Paul was going, no, that's not right. These divisions, these these categories, must be broken down. We are doing this together, Paul said. Rich and poor, black and white. And there's an old uh, kids' church or, or um, Sunday school song. I don't know if you learn it when I was, uh, when you were young, when I was young. We used to learn it, but there's so much powerful theology in it. It goes like this: red and yellow, black and white, all are equal. Any side? Anyone remember that from Sunday school? Powerful theology right there. Red and yellow, black and white, all are equal in his sight. So to the Corinthians, it was rich and poor, treating people differently. Uh, In Philippians, it was competing factions. People were trying to get their agenda put through and there was factions forming around different speakers and stuff like that. And Paul was saying, no, no, we've got to break down these things. It's not about you trying to get your agenda passed. It's about discovering the purpose and the vision of God, and everyone working together to see His will established. That's what was happening in Philippi, in uh, Colossians. It was different ethnic groups, um, and Paul in all of these letters, he's dealing with the same core issue: was this whole battle with division and categories. And, and not seeing people as, as equals. And it's important that if we're going to achieve the purpose which God has for us in the inner west, that we are working together. Paul's call to all of these churches was we must do this together. Without working together, it will not be achieved. We all have a part to play. We are all important in the big scheme of things. And Paul, to, uh, to teach this... He uses the whole analogy of a, bo- of a body. And I don't, don't know if you've read this, but I want to just quickly walk, look at three points that Paul, uh, you, uh, you, or one scripture that Paul uses, and we'll look at three different points from it, and he writes this to the Ephesians church, which was another church that he planted, which was dealing with the same kind of inherent um, problem around divisions. Everything without work and focus begins to break down. Whether that be a marriage, whether that be a friendship, whether that be a business, whatever it is, you have to focus on it, give it attention and work at it to maintain levels of unity. Uh, He says in Ephesians 4.16, From him, that's Jesus, the whole body, talking about the church, joined and held together by every joint grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the first part, they're joined and held together. A body's not just a group of bones and organs and sinews and tissues and ligaments and, and just all piled together and, and just thrown down there. No, they're all joined in a succinct and special way to achieve a particular purpose as a body, all working together. Um, you, cut up, you cut off part of the body and it is useless on its own. You cut the arm off. I don't know if anyone, I was watching it the other day. I don't know if anyone remembers the, um, well, I might be showing my age here, uh, the Monty Python skit, The Black Knight. <laughs> I love The Black Knight. If you don't know The Black Knight, uh, uh, I think it's, it was Arthur, wasn't it? King Arthur was on his search for the Holy Grail and he comes to The Black Knight he's blocking this bridge. Anyway, they have a fight and uh, he cuts his arm off and he goes, Oh, so move aside he goes no that's just that's only a flesh wound (laughs) anyway fights him cuts both his arms off cuts his legs off and he's just a just a body on the ground with a head and uh, anyway he won't give up but the, the point of it is the legs and the arms disconnected or detached from the body are useless of no value and Paul's point is As the church it's important that whether we're a a leg or an arm, an eye, an ear or whatever, that our value and our importance and our worth comes from the fact that we are actually connected with others not because we're an eye or an ear or a leg or a hand or whatever. And yes, we've got value in and of ourselves, but our true value comes from saying, hey, I bring what I am and what I've got, the skills, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that I have, and I I contribute them together to bring about this great body that has been called to head in a certain direction and achieve a certain goal. That's the way the body works. It's not just me up here performing every Sunday, And, you know, you guys just sit out there as spectators and and, uh, get your popcorn and your coffee and uh, come to watch the show. No, we are in this together. We are building the church together. We all have gifts and skills and abilities and talents and finances that we bring together to bring about God's vision and purpose for Roselle. That's the way it works. Join together. As Paul said there. We are joined and held together by every... Jo- what joins us together? The first thing that joins us together is the vision. As we are one location in, of 11 locations and we have one vision across all our locations and that is that people would know Jesus, that they would find community and that they would discover their purpose and that is why we exist. And that is what we want to achieve. And every other agenda and every other idea must fit within those, that vision and that purpose and that, that God-given um, role for the church in the world, that people would come to know Jesus. If people are not coming to know Jesus, to come into relationship with Jesus, discover what he has for them, then we are not fulfilling our entire call as a church. People must receive Jesus. Yeah. It's got to be one of our key focuses. And we all work together to do that. That's not my job. That's our job, our responsibility. We are all empowered as ministers of the gospel. Minister, we are all ministers. I'm not the minister. We're all ministers. That's what the Bible says. All ministers Fulfilling God's purpose for us together. And we all work together to make these things happen. Joined by vision. One vision. One purpose. Uh, So joined by vision and joined by heart. We have a heart for people. We have a heart that people would come to know Jesus. We have a heart that people would discover community and connection and relationship. That's our desire. Now is that always happening? No. And you can read in the book of... Acts and you can read in the Gospels were they perfect churches and they're in the Bible and they're a mess I mean have you read the Bible have you read what was going on in some of these first century churches man it's rated there's incest going on there's prostitute worship there's all this weird stuff going on and yet they were on a journey of discovering Christ of being united together and fulfilling a God-given vision. Was it perfect? No. Was everyone have their act together? No. Do we all have our act together? No. (laughs) If you do, we'll get you to pray for us all at the end of the service. (laughs) But what, what unites us? Our heart for Jesus Christ, the fact that we are born again, born of incorruptible seed, Paul said, that we will live forever and Christ is is living and alive inside of us and that unites us together. One of the amazing things about being part of the church is it doesn't matter where you go in the world, you can walk into a church just like this and we get this here, here all the time and People understand you, there's common culture, there's common belief and common acceptance. I'm not just saying Christians, but it is amazing. You can go to, we go to we've been to churches all over the world at different times, and there's just like, wow, that's the family. Well, they're the relatives, this is the family. And uh, you know, in every family, you have your odd you relatives. So, not in this campus, that's the other campuses, the other locations. (laughs) You know, the crazy cousin or the crazy uncle or the crazy second cousin, everyone's got one. Um, (laughs) but, But you're united, you know, in a physical family, you might fight with your siblings, you might have disagreements or whatever, but you are united by blood. In the church, we have disagreements, we have um, different points of view or whatever at different times, and yet we come together because we are united through the blood, not our own blood, but the blood of Jesus Christ, which he says makes us one. So we're not always going to agree on everything, just like in a family. I mean, Nick and I agree on everything. When she agrees with me... (laughs) But, you know, in a family, you have disagreements. But a healthy family works through the issues. A healthy family communicates. Isn't that right, Nicole? <laughs> so Nick says, that's, that's, my, that's my biggest issue. I don't communicate. <laughs> and every man puts their head up and says, amen. Amen. <laughs> But I'm not standing up here as the perfect example of, of what the Bible teaches. But I'm here to say, hey, God puts a, a, a vision before us, not just for us. And I'm on the journey of trying to become everything God's called me to be. And I encourage you to be on the journey of everything God has called you to be. And we're all working through issues and we're all working through transformation because we're all broken in different ways, shapes and, or form. But we have a heart's desire. I want to be everything God's called me to be. And I want to change in every area that makes me more of what God wants me to be. So that then I can fulfil more of what God's called me to do. And every one of us need to have that, own, that desire. But you know what? My calling is not just as an individual. And neither is yours. God calls us together as a body. And whether I, whatever part I am, I might be the mouth if you like, and not everybody's called to be the mouth, but the mouth in and of itself. <laughs> I, just, I just had that. Ad, I just had a memory of that ad. Was it with the tongue would climb around <laughs> on it? that was a beer ad. What was that for? Was it Carlton Dry? I don't know where these images come from, but uh, does anyone remember that ad where the tongues <laughs> So. A tongue in and of itself is useless. We are all, you have something to contribute. You have something to add. You have something to bring. And without you bringing it, without you contributing it, without you saying, hey, this is what I have, I bring that in, then we are less than we can be without you. We are all called together to see this come to pass by every joint, Our bones make up, this is not my words, I got this off the internet. Our bones make up the skeletal structure which support the soft tissue and protect the organs. But the movement of our body is only made possible through the joints. The joints are the points of connection. That is where we come together. And the the movement of this body, moving forward to do what God's called us to do in the inner west, is only possible Through the points of connection, through the joints, where we unite. Um, What time is it? Oh, okay. I've had three points. I'll finish with my second point. Joined and held together in this same verse. You can read it later, Ephesians 4. From the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, grows and builds itself up in love. Grows and builds. Grows and builds. How does it grow? A body grows because it's all connected together. The, the body grows together. Um, Matt and Camille, who were just up here, um, they've had to have the birth of their baby, or it was brought forward two weeks. Is that right, Matt? So they were thought it was going to be in four weeks. It's now two weeks because the baby's head's growing so big, needs to come out earlier. But as a body, you don't just grow... Yeah, you, know, you don't get born and you've got a size ten foot on a baby. The body grows together as it's all joined together. Um, and how that grows, uh, Paul, uh, well, the writer of the Book of Acts um, says it like this in Acts chapter two, talking about the first-century church. Now, as we saw before, was this church perfect? No. Did they have issues? Yes. Were they working through those issues? Yes. But it says here in Acts 2, 4, and this describes the kind of unity, the kind of connection, the kind of buy-in that was happening in the first century that saw thousands and thousands of people, saw a great move of God throughout that whole area of the world and then spread throughout the then known world. And it says this in Acts chapter 2, 46-47, they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple that's just talking about well in those days they they would go to church every day who wants to sign up for that? (laughs) no Uh, I don't (laughs) you're welcome to come but um, they followed a daily worship in the temple followed by meals at home what does that mean? it means they did life together that's what connect groups are all about you know, that's why we encourage people to get involved in connect groups and, and you know, have meals and do life and, and support one another and because they are the points of connection. It's so easy when you're not, maybe just come to church on a Sunday or maybe it's every second Sunday or every third Sunday to feel like, I don't even feel a part of this place. I don't even feel part of this body because there's not that connection. There's not that sense of life. There's not that sense of, hey, I belong. I know these people and they know me. These are the the things that happen in this first century church. Not only did they go to church, but they shared meals together. They invited people over to their home. They invited people over to their home. They got invited over to other people's homes. They went out to cafes. They went out and they did life together. I want to encourage you as we have our new sign up to just take the step. You, oh, I don't have time for that. That's where the life comes from. I find it. It's been a pastor for a long time now, and you know you hear people on one hand go, "Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't feel connected. I don't feel like I'm a part of it. I don't know what God's doing in my life." And then on the other hand, oh, I don't have time. You know, I don't have time for a connect group. Oh, I can't afford to tithe. All these points of connection, I can't minister, I don't give anything. All these points of connection that the life thr- flows through are disconnected. And then people wonder why their spiritual life and their sense of vitality and enthusiasm for the gospel and the kingdom and, the, and what God's doing is limited. And I go, I can see because there's a disconnect. But if you make these points of connection, buy in. And you might say, "Oh, in regards to tithing or whatever, it's not it's not necessarily a money issue. When you give to something, your heart goes towards that thing." That's what the Bible says. Where your heart is, sorry, where your money is, there your heart will be also. You would think it would say Where your heart is, your money will go. But it doesn't say that. It says where you put your money, your heart will follow. If you say, oh, I don't really feel connected to the church, but you're not tithing, let me tell you, start giving and you watch your heart come alive for that area. When you start sponsoring a Ugandan child or an African child or whatever, you may have had nothing, no interest at all in that area of the world, and yet you start sponsoring that child. Guess what happens? All of a sudden, your heart goes there. You start feeling for that child, you start getting an understanding of the culture and the hardship in which they grow up. There's a natural connection. And when it comes to relationships, again, it's like, well. We've got to connect, we've got to make the effort in our busy world. I'm not saying we're not busy, but we've got to say, you know what, once a month or whatever it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna connect with people, I'm gonna go to a connect group, I'm gonna invite people over, I'm gonna build these relationships, and it is work, it is hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's vital because that's where the life flows. The life, the spirit flows through these points of connection. That's how the church grows as well, as Paul says here. Grows and builds. Um, And many of the major joints in our body that require most movement, this is again from the internet, this is not my own learning, Um, many of the major joints in our own body that require the most movement have fluid in them, which allows the joint to move freely. What's that saying? When there's points of connection... When there's joints that it's talking about, sometimes you find that those joints will rub. Disagreement, butting heads, whatever. Stuff happens in relationships. And what happens sometimes in church is we might we, we get connected, we're involved and something happens. We're, we're doing it and there's some butting of heads and we go, oh, oh I don't like this. And so we just disconnect. And although we might be an important arm or a wrist or we might be a foot, we just pull ourselves out and we go and put our foot over there. And we may still go to church or we may not, but we, in our hearts, we are disconnected. What we offer, what we bring is not being utilised because there was, a, there was a, a point of contention or there was a disagreement or something happened, someone did something and now there's a fence there. And what it, this is saying here. That that there got to be a and what's that fluid that allows that to run smoothly? It's the Holy Spirit. We've got to have God's Spirit in our life so that these things. Yes, there's going to be times where you're going to disagree. Yes, there might be times where something happens and and someone offends you or says something or does something, and you know that's life. But that's not a reason to just go. You know what? Oh, I'm not going to get involved, and I'm just going to come over here because what also happens is, and and use the analogy of a fire, if you've got a whole stack of uh, coals in a fire, if you've been camping or whatever and you have a big fire and all that, and that's burning, and that'll burn all night together. But if one little coal, you take one coal and you take that coal out of the fire and that coal goes, I don't want to be part of this fire anymore. I'm going to go start my own fire. And you take that coal out and you go and put that coal over there. Guess what? Within minutes, that coal's gone out. Within minutes, it's cold. And yet if that, you bring that coal back into the fire of all the other coals, guess what? It starts burning again, and all the coals together can burn for hours. But if you took all of those coals and spread them out all over the campsite, all by themselves, within minutes, they'd all be out. The church is like that. Unless we're connected in, unless we're joined together together, our spiritual life out there on our own, doing our own thing, will quickly fade. And we think, oh, sometimes we don't appreciate the spirit and the life and the word and the encouragement that happens in an environment where the body comes together. I mean, God's presence is here. Sometimes we don't even realise it because we're so used to it. And yet we are, we are being charged, we're being encouraged. God is at work in our life and we take that away, we don't realise that we quickly begin to fade. We quickly begin to decay in the areas of our life. So I want to encourage you, and I'll finish with this, that we, that we um, stay connected, stay involved, that we work together for God's vision for our church, that we are praying for people to come to Christ, that people would find community, and that we are working together with what we have to make the church what God's called it to be. Are we everything God wants us to be? No. But we can be. Were all the churches in the first century what God wanted them to be? No. But they were working towards it. And we say, you know what? If if that's how we want to be, we need to all buy in and say I want to be part of a church like that not like oh the church isn't like this who's the church? that's us so I want to encourage you this morning say you know what I've got something to bring and maybe you're a part of another church or you've been part of church or whatever and stuff's happened and and you just it's hard it's hard to give it's hard to get involved because you've been hurt and I understand that Um, life is like that, any kind of relationship. That's why some people go, you know what, I'm just going to separate, I don't want anything to do with people, I don't want anything to do with anyone because it's just easier to be over here by myself, completely disconnected. But it's not, is it? Because most people that you know that are like that are miserable. Because the beauty of life, the value of life, all the highlights of our life, Are built when other people are involved. How many highlights of your life, if you look back, were when you were there by yourself? None that I can remember. You want to share those moments, don't you? Uh, And and if someone's not there that you love or whatever, oh, I wish so and so was here to experience this. Because life is meant to be lived together, we are better together. And the church grows and the purpose of God happens as we go, you know what? We're not perfect. I don't have all the answers. and I don't have everything that I want or need, but what I have got, I'm going to bring it. And I'm going to bring it to God like the fish and the loaves. And when God sees the hearts of people that go, you know what? Here we go. We're bringing what we have. Guess what? He blesses that. He multiplies that. And He fulfills His purpose. I tell you, God is ready to do something incredible in your life you've seen nothing yet and you might have seen a lot of, you might have seen a lot of miracles you might have seen a lot of God's blessing but I believe it's nothing compared to what lays before you and before us as a church but it's dependent upon a couple of things that the Bible teaches about about surrender about connection About bringing what we have, saying, This is the vision. This is what we want to see happen. And I believe God will move powerfully in our lives. Let's close our eyes. Father, Father, I thank you. We are not perfect, but Father, we are available, and our heart is for you. We are connected by your blood your life your eternal life and there is a God given destiny on each and every one of us as individuals and corporately as the community of Christ the community of faith and I thank you Lord that 2019 will be our greatest year of health of relationships of salvation people finding Jesus, people finding community and doing life together and discovering their God-given gifts, talents and purpose and understanding true significance in this life.